The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is brought to you by Clinica Sierra Vista. Welcome back to the 17 News at Sunrise podcast, where we share your news on your schedule. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. Good morning here at 5 a.m. Thanks for waking up with us. I'm Maddie Jansen alongside Alex Fisher in Uvalde yesterday. Authorities uh, revealed in a news conference that the gunman was inside the elementary school for over an hour before law enforcement killed him. The family say heavily armed officers stood outside the uh, school restraining them rather than storming the building. Authorities have confirmed he was not stopped from the moment he shot his grandmother to the point where he made entry into the school. Investigators were not able to answer why it took them more than an hour to breach a classroom and kill the gunman. But they've learned the shooter's grandmother, whom he shot in the face before heading to Robb Elementary, is alive and stable. And after the Uvalde, Texas school massacre, is there momentum on Capitol Hill to pass new gun safety regulations? A bipartisan group of senators is trying to find out. This as the president gets ready to hit the road again. NBC's Chris Ballone reports. Alex and Maddie, good morning. President Biden and the First Lady are heading to Uvalde, Texas on Sunday to meet with grieving families there. Here in Washington, a bipartisan group of senators is trying to find common ground on guns. I don't want to overstate. Senator Chris Murphy has been here before. You know, I've been Charlie Brown uh, enough times to know that uh, up until now, the football has been pulled out from under me every single time. But the Connecticut Democrat thinks there's real momentum to do something, anything with Republicans to strengthen the nation's gun laws. So let's see if we can make some progress. If we save, you know, a handful of lives, um, that's worthwhile. Inevitable. This is NBC News has learned Murphy is leading a bipartisan group of nine senators working on gun legislation, aiming to introduce a bill in early June. Democrats want expanded background checks and the ability for judges to confiscate firearms from people deemed dangerous. And while many Republicans oppose any modifications to the nation's gun laws, some are at least willing to discuss it. We're going to try to work through this and see if we can find that common ground. The American people appear less divided than members of Congress. In a new poll, 88% said they support mandatory background checks on all gun sales and two-thirds back a ban on assault-style weapons. The White House watching the negotiations closely. If more guns were indeed the solution, we would be the safest country in the world, but we are not. And so the president has been very clear he wants action. Just 280 miles from Uvalde, the NRA's annual meeting starts today in Houston. Former President Donald Trump and Texas Senator Ted Cruz are scheduled to speak. Proposals the Democrat. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott has canceled his in-person appearance before that NRA meeting. Abbott instead is going to send a recorded video message. In Washington, Chris Pallone, 17 News. Meantime, as our nation's lawmakers are facing renewed calls to take action to prevent another mass shooting, we're taking a look at how Kern's congressmen and four state lawmakers have voted on firearm legislation, including as recently as Wednesday. 17's Maddie Gannon has more. From 2019 to 2022, three significant pieces of gun legislation crossing the House floor. In 2019 came H.R. 8, designed to close the loophole in which background checks aren't required for private firearm sales in some states. I rise for the point of personal. Current Congressman Kevin McCarthy voted no. 
The bill was passed in the House, but ultimately never brought for a vote in the Senate. If you want to solve this problem, much of this is mental illness. Then in 2021, a modified version of the same bill, making it back to the House for a vote. McCarthy was a no again. This time, Kern's other congressman, David Valadeo, was back in office, joining McCarthy in a no vote on closing the loophole. For what purpose does the general... Later that year came H.R. 1446, meant to stop what's known as the Charleston loophole, widening the time period in which a dealer can sell a gun if a background check isn't finished. Kern's men in Washington, again, each voting no. The votes consistent with the congressman's pro-gun record. McCarthy gets an A-plus rating from the National Rifle Association's political pact. Valadeo gets an A-minus. And each men raking in cash from the NRA over their time at the Capitol. According to Federal Election Commission data, McCarthy and Valadeo's campaign committees each brought in more than $25,000 from the NRA Political Victory Fund since the representatives were first elected to Congress in 2006 and 2012. California has the tightest laws of anywhere in the nation, so that doesn't seem to be working. Meanwhile, in California, Kern's Republicans, Senator Shannon Grove and Assemblyman Vince Fong, each boasting a record strongly in support of gun rights. Kern's Democrats, on the other hand, displaying mixed views. Assemblyman Rudy Salas and Senator Melissa Hurtado, each occasionally crossing the aisle to nix more gun control bills in the state with some of the strictest firearm laws in the nation. That was 17's Maddie Gannon reporting. Hurtado joined Republicans on Wednesday as the only Democrat in the state Senate to vote no on a bill, allowing private citizens to sue makers and sellers of ghost guns and illegal weapons. The bill passed and now goes to the state assembly. Here at home, a pair of local high schools saw a law enforcement presence after social media posts threatened violence. Local police say the threats were unsubstantiated, but they take all threats seriously. 17's Chris Burton joins us now with details. Chris. Well, Maddie, law enforcement officials say this week is a perfect storm for school threats. They tend to happen near the end of the year, right before or during finals, and unfortunately more frequently after a shooting like the one in Uvalde. As the investigation in Texas continues, police yesterday responded to threats made against two local high schools. Parents and students at Ridgeview High were on edge after a threat against RHS made rounds on social media. Ridgeview's principal says police later confirmed the threat originated from outside the state and had no connection to Bakersfield. Bakersfield High School also saw a KHSD police presence after a quote unsubstantiated threat made against a school identified as BHS. KHSD officials say they had no reason to believe the threat was referencing Bakersfield High School specifically, but KHSD police officers were stationed on campus as a precaution. After the massacres in Texas and Buffalo and approaching end-of-year finals, current circumstances have created a perfect storm for these threats. It is an very much more frequent after a national event. We get uh, lots of copycats. Uh, depends on the time of year, if there is testing in the schools, uh, if it is finals, uh, and so it varies, but we, we get them fairly frequently, unfortunately. Those threats tend to originate on social media platforms, especially platforms like Snapchat or Reddit, which offer anonymity to those trying to create panic. 
Pair says BPD takes threats like this seriously, whether they appear substantiated or not. We do that by serving legal demands on social media providers uh, to varying degrees of receptiveness uh, and attempt to ascertain the identity of the individual making the post. BPD also coordinates with local schools when a threat is identified. In the case of Ridgeview and BHS, both posts were determined not to pose a threat. But hoax or not, making a threatening statement against a school can put anyone in serious legal trouble. There's a perception out there that if somebody just makes a threat, they haven't broken the law. That is not true. We take these very, very seriously uh, and we will hold people accountable. Those consequences could include confiscation of firearms under California's red flag law. So I do want to kind of reiterate that there. There is no national red flag law, right? But California has one of the only state red flag laws that was passed in 2016, and it does allow confiscation of firearms if someone is determined to be a threat. You know, I, I hate seeing this. Every time we see one of these tragedies in another part of the country, we start to see these copycats. Um, not necessarily in the sense of going in and, and, and repeating the tragedy, but just someone uh, on social media behind the screen mm -hmm. being anonymous and putting this sort of threat out there that is, of course, unsubstantiated. Most of them are, but it creates so much fear yeah. mm -hmm. in, in students and in teachers and in parents, and it's the last thing that you want to see, so especially wrong. after something like this. Absolutely. Pear used the word notoriety, yeah. and, you know, it's... It is just a way to rile people up, like capitalize on that fear. It's unfortunate. It's awful. All right, Chris, thank you. Breaking overnight, one person was taken to the hospital after a building caught fire in South Bakersfield. Crews were called out to the scene on South I Street near Wilson Road just after 1230 this morning. No word on the victim's condition and the cause of the fire is still under investigation. Another one of Bakersfield post-war landmarks is now gone forever. This time it's Jets Club which was right next door to one of the city's original honky-tonks. 17's Robert Price has the story. Mere weeks after another important Bakersfield Sound landmark, Trout's burned to the ground, another important place from Bakersfield history in the 50s and 60s is gone as well. Destroyed by fire Tuesday night was a card room called Chet's Club which in its heyday was right next door to the legendary Edison Highway honky-tonk, The Lucky Spot. Every local country music star of the era, including Buck Owens in the 1950s and Merle Haggard in the 60s, played at The Lucky Spot at one time or another, and every one of them most likely went out the back door to Chet's between sets or after the show for a cold Schlitz or a bowl of Chet's renowned chili. That made Chet's a green room of sorts where the stars cooled their heels. Chet was Chester Thompson, who opened the card room in 1947 and in 1954 sold it to Herb Maloof, who ran it for 30 years. It had a brief run as a strip club in the late 80s, but has otherwise been strictly a warehouse. Herb's son Bob Maloof, picking through the charred remnants Thursday, said Chet's had a small but great menu. They prided themselves on having a, a, an honest card game very good food. Bob's brother Bill Maloof said Chet's had a hilarious cast of regular characters. People in the motion picture industry from LA would drive up there where they could have anonymity. Young Merle and Young Buck and Fuzzy Owens and Bonnie Owens and Gene Moles, you know, that, that whole crowd, they would all hang out at Chet's Club because next door, the lucky spot, 
they play. There were times in the 70s when uh, we'd be on Sunset Boulevard and you know, you know what sounds good? A bowl of chips, chili. I had me long hair and that being kind of a rough area at the time. I'd go in and sit down at the counter and, and uh, I'd hear the murmurs, you know, down the counter. And, uh, but then I'd hear people whisper, that's Herb's boy. You know, don't, don't kill him. <laughs> on April 17th, the Oildale Honky Tonk Trouts burned to the ground, wiping out what many considered the last surviving country music saloon of the era. The lucky spot burned down years ago when someone flipped a lit cigarette into a trash can. An auto body shop built at that location honors the name today. At least a piece of Chet's Club remains, the most recognizable piece, the red and white metal sign which the Maloof brothers fortuitously donated to the Kern County Museum two years ago. It's now one of the most striking artifacts in the museum's recently opened Bakersfield Sound exhibit. But it was just it was a great slab of history and it. it's sort of been gone, but now it's really gone. Well, you might not even have noticed Chet's Club here on Edison Highway, but in the 40s and 50s, it was one of the places to be. Now, it is no more. On Edison Highway, Robert Price, 17 News. And there's still no word on what caused a deadly fire in Oildale last month. It's now been 56 days since that blaze broke out inside a home on Manita Avenue near Northchester Avenue. Kern County Fire Department Division Chief Kerry Wright said the home was engulfed in flames and nearby power lines were also damaged. Two people were found dead inside and arson investigators were called to the scene. Officials with County Fire say the investigation has not yet closed. In your 17 Crime Watch, Bakersfield Police are asking for your help after a woman allegedly assaulted an employee at a business with chemical spray in North Bakersfield. Officers say it happened the afternoon of March 14th at the Rad Thrift Store on Bernard Street. Police say the suspect is 5 feet 5 inches tall and about 190 pounds with orange hair. She was last seen wearing a black sweatshirt with brown knee-high boots. 17 News follow-up file now. A Kern County Grand Jury says sheriff's officials should recommend a 1% sales tax increase to pay for updated technology and fund vacant staff positions. In a report released Wednesday, the grand jury said it investigated progress the sheriff's office has made in complying with a 2020 agreement reached with the state attorney general's office implementing a number of reforms at the agency. By November 1st, the report says sheriff's officials should recommend the Board of Supervisors increase the county sales tax from 7.25 to 8.25 percent and should commission an independent study on the sheriff's hiring program. The grand jury found hiring needs were impeded by a lack of communication between human resources and the sheriff's office. The report also noted the agency's in need of updated software and its website must be overhauled to include publicly available data on use of force incidents. The Sheriff's Office will update the sign on Highway 178 today at the mouth of the canyon to reflect the number of lives lost in the Kern River since 1968. This year, the sign will read 317 lives lost. This comes after a nine-year-old Los Angeles boy drowned in the river in April and a 41-year-old man from Santa Ana drowned in August. Officials update the sign every year in an effort to remind the public about the danger of the river. They say anyone getting in should be accompanied by a professional or avoid the river completely. And making news around town, an update now to a story we brought you earlier this week. The Kern County Board of Supervisors has voted to demolish a strip mall in Northeast Bakersfield. The small strip mall, which the county calls a public nuisance, is located on Alta Vista Drive just north of Columbus Street. County staff recommended the building be demolished and the property owner pay for it. The property owner initially wanted to save what's left of the structure to rebuild, but later changed his mind.
I do have a report to go ahead and make it supported around whatever the price is, but I'm deciding today to go ahead and let you guys go ahead and demolish it because it's just like, it seems like everything's against me. Like you already made your decision. The owner bought the property in 2018, but says his plans to rebuild were delayed due to the pandemic and a kidney replacement. In your 17 Health Watch this morning, the FDA is warning against a viral TikTok hack showing how to keep avocados fresh for weeks, saying it can breed salmonella and other harmful bacteria. The hack involves submerging whole avocados in water and storing them in the fridge, keeping the fruit fresh and green for up to a month. But the FDA says placing avocados in water actually provides the perfect opportunity for harmful bacteria to multiply. The agency says even disinfecting the avocado skin prior to slicing it would not remove the contamination. Education news now. Bakersfield Congressman Kevin McCarthy held the 23rd Congressional District of California's Merit Award ceremony yesterday, celebrating hardworking students who have gone above and beyond in the classroom. It happened at the Kern High School District office in Southwest Bakersfield. What I like to do is I like to honor the best and brightest here and uh, I created an award when I first went into office, not just academically. Many of them are tops in their class, but also to look at their character and their leadership. I want them to know that they're one, doing a good job, but as I go away to college, I want them to think about coming back here and serving. Some awards were also given to the trailblazing teachers. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is a production of KGET and Nexstar Media Group. For more on all of the headlines in today's show, head to KGET.com.